0: Hi, I'm Dean Foley, and you're listening to the Indigipreneur Podcast, a show about Indigenous entrepreneurs, innovators and leaders and their inspiring stories.
1: I had a few different ideas here and there in my head, but what really got me over the line to take the leap of faith in my own business ideas was probably just more developing confidence in myself.
0: On today's show, we talk with an entrepreneur who comes from humble beginnings in Tweed Heads, Dwayne Good, who now runs the biggest Indigenous travel firm in Australia, InTravel Group, that turns over millions of dollars annually. So you're a very successful businessman now, but where did it all start? Born and raised in Tweed Heads in Northern New South
1: Wales. Um, I, uh, which is on Bunjilung country. I probably lived there till I was about uh, the northern New South Wales area till I was about 16 and moved to Brisbane and lived in, uh, Brisbane, Brisbane for a very long time. And then, um, around about five years ago, moved down to Melbourne, which is where I'm recording this, uh, interview from. And I've been here for five years and, um, and I've set up my businesses down here. And, um, yeah, it's been, been a good city to, to live in um i uh, would, i definitely wouldn't say we had m- anyone had in my family have much money um my father i get my aboriginality from my father's side and my mother is non-indigenous so um i grew up we in, in both um both cultures, if you say, and by both sides of the family. Um, uh, we, we had our challenges from a social point of view. We, yeah, we definitely didn't grow up with much. Uh, I don't remember um, don't remember us having much money and I don't remember my parents really working much at that stage. Or Yeah, so yeah, definitely probably a low, low socioeconomic sort of area where, where I grew up. And um, yeah, it was pretty challenged and a lot of people in the area were, were similar. Um, to that as well.
0: And beforehand you told me that you never really excelled at school can you tell me a bit more about your school years?
1: I went to school (laughs) and school wasn't really something that I understood nor focused on. Um, I went to primary school at Kulangata Primary and Tweed Primary and around there and um, I I, I must admit I, I didn't really grasp the concept of school and I didn't concentrate (laughs) Um, I wish I did to be honest so looking back I really wish I did Um, I was just focused on other things (laughs) Um, sports having having fun with my mates socializing Um, and I I ended up leaving high school um, at an early age like grade um, start of grade 11 I didn't even get it started so um yeah my school my school career wasn't very wasn't very healthy at all
0: so what did you do when you left school did you end up going to university well
1: I yeah i looking back again I I regret not concentrating I think that that's one of my regrets in life but I you know you, you move forward and you learn from your mistakes so I did consider university but I also at the time of leaving high school I was a a good soccer player and I had some um, opportunities in, in the soccer uh, sport and uh, started to play like a semi-professional, professional sort of league up in Queensland. So that kind of then, that was my new direction um, and I pursued that for a number of years. Um, so I kind of had a direction, um, it wasn't education, but um, so the university thing got thrown out the door as well and and Finishing high school was also thrown out the door and pursuing my soccer career. But I, I didn't. Um, I retired in, in, in my soccer career and, and then I realised, shit, I needed to uh, have a profession behind me because soccer didn't pay the bills. So I um, then realised I, I need a, a career path. That wasn't until my late 30s did I actually realise that.
0: Holy crap, how, like in your late 30s, how old are we talking? Like 20, 36 or?
1: I, I fell into the travel industry around uh, 27. I was 27 and I, I immediately I knew that that was my career path when I when I fell into travel. So how did you fall into it? I started my, um, my profession as a travel consultant, booking holidays for people, flights, combination, car hire for, you know, holiday goers etc and I immediately fell in love with that job and um, I yeah I started to enjoy that but I also then saw that okay this this could be something for me and my future.
0: Yeah and how did you fall into it were you just walking past one of those travel agency stores and like just had a magical moment or were you pushed into it?
1: I went through a friend who I played soccer with actually who he worked at Flight center and um I was always curious about the big machine of flight center and i and i had a i had the i had some odd sales jobs here and there and so I thought I was a good salesperson and, and my mate Cameron um suggested to me that I'd be a good travel consultant or a salesperson so he got me set me up with an interview at flight center and then i um uh and then the rest. Uh, sort of float on from there and I ended up, yeah, getting a job there and and then um, I I spent about seven years in total with Flight Centre in various roles. So holiday consulting and then I went into uh, the corporate division where I became a a business-to-business sales manager. Um, So, yeah, roughly seven years I spent with Flight Centre.
0: Wow. And what kept you there at Flight Centre for seven years? Oh, definitely.
1: Uh, the the culture there is great. You you work hard, but you also celebrate your wins. Um, I got to go on a few travel um, uh, trips. Um, I, I won a, a trip to China in my first three months working at Flight Center, and for me, that was that was enough to keep me there for the rest of my life. I was pretty pretty excited by the fact that I just won China um within my first three months and and uh, went on that trip and and came back and i was you know I, I owed my life to that company after that and then i went on many other trips during my career there and a lot of a lot of free travel which is just awesome You'd, but at flight center the, the, one of the main things i loved was meeting um meeting so many other like minded people who are um yeah just really Really good people, um, fun to hang around with. And yeah, I really bought into the culture there.
0: Did you know then like you had a real passion for travel management, or was it just something to pay the bills to begin with and then you just developed a passion for
1: it? I definitely developed a passion for it really early on. I loved putting travel um, itineraries together for people and giving them advice. I really loved that. Um, So yeah, I, I, I grew a passion for travel pretty quickly. But then as I was uh, evolving in in my career, there I realised that um, yeah, there there could be a business opportunity for me in the future, um, where I could potentially run my own travel business. Um, I did think that um, along the way, just never really had the confidence early on in the in in the in my career there, but um, started to think okay, this could be something for me in, in my future. Um, and yeah, and then obviously it, it was something
0: for me. So I,
1: I definitely, um, yeah, I definitely absolutely did fall fall in love with travel. Nice,
0: because yeah, I guess a um, lots of people say you know follow your passion, but it sounds like you know you just you know did the work and then you know became good at it and became passionate about it, which is different. So which is cool. Yeah, definitely. And uh, when was the aha moment? Like you realised that you know you had to go out there and start your own like travel management business.
1: Yeah. So I, as I was saying, I had you know a a few different ideas here and there in my head. Um, But what what really got me over the line to take the leap of faith in my own business ideas was probably just more developing confidence in myself um, over time and getting confidence in myself around um, knowing that I could successfully run a business, knowing knowing that I had what it takes to run a business. That was probably really – I had some great ideas in my head, but I didn't actually have the confidence to go out and try these things on my own. I wasn't brave enough at the time, and I was developing that naturally um, – Over time, and then eventually thought, okay, this is this is it. And so yeah, three and a half years ago, we we opened up in Travel Group. So um, it was around about oh yeah, it was around about then. Well, actually, I I resigned from Flight Center. I I told them I had some business ideas that I wanted to analyze, and I went and went on a holiday for a couple of months, and then then I decided, yeah, I'm actually going to take take the plunge, and then opened up in Travel Group.
0: Awesome. Why didn't you have that confidence? What was holding you back?
1: I just really think it was the, my, I guess I had a, I fell into jobs in my, in my past, you know, and I, I fell into jobs and never had a direction for, um, you know, there was nothing on purpose happening. But so that, that, that type of method, I think it's just, it's very ad hoc. So I was I lacked confidence in 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 knowing if I could open a business or not. But what I realised was when I took the plunge and where I am today is that it wasn't that was false. That was false insecurity. It was actually um, it was actually a little bit more straightforward than I thought. Less daunting than I thought. Whilst it's still hard work, it wasn't it wasn't as hard as
0: I thought. So do you live by that uh, Nike motto now? Just do it, or do you think people should live by
1: that? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I've learned a lot about myself throughout this process and I won't be I won't be thinking like that ever again. Um, and it's it's onward and upward. I well and and three and a half years in, you know, we've 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 got a business that's still around and we're growing and growing and further opportunities and yeah, I've proven to myself that I shouldn't have had that doubt. Um so that was a yeah, that was a Silly thought that I had in my head that I've now changed.
0: <laughs> and um, your quick flight sensor. I'm just curious, where did you go? Did you go to a base there and just party up, or like? <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest, I actually uh, I went
1: snowboarding, and uh, yeah, I went do a little bit of snowboarding. I just sat around the house thinking, pondering life, and and then. Just working on my business plan um, half the day, um, and then yeah, and just kind of getting ready for what I just making sure I was ready for this for the next phase of my life, which was business ownership. And um, yeah, and, and and then off I went. So yeah, this, the snowboarding was great. Um, it was a good time to reflect, sitting on top of a mountain and looking down and going, oh, what what's life all about? And can I can I be a successful business owner and etc. cetera. Et cetera.
0: Did you have any like mentors when you were getting into it, or were you just kind of just a solo entrepreneur, just running through it? I
1: oh, definitely. I'm a big believer in mentors. If I'm able to leave some tips, advice today, it was this is one I I, re- I wrote down before the interview, is that you really you need to have, and I'm a person that likes to bounce my ideas and questions and challenges off other people um, around me, everyone. Um, so. You you need people around you who have been there before or who have something to contribute to what you're about to to do or your challenge. Um I, I had a few people around that were um that had already started businesses, particularly indigenous business owners, um, people around that were, you know, a little bit older than me, um, who'd made mistakes um, around business who, who had succeeded around business. I I spoke to a lot of people and I bounced the idea off them. And, um, I was actually quite a pest. I would just ring people up that I haven't even met before who I knew that were in business, senior indigenous business people. And I would ask them what they think of my idea. And I'd ask them questions and, um, I would, yeah, I would just formulate some confidence in my head about what I was about to do.
0: So, um, when you were telling people about this, openly discussing, um, you know, were they trusted people? Were you scared like somebody would try and steal your idea and run with it?
1: Yeah, there was actually that fear, which is a, a strange one. <laughs> there was a fear that people might, particularly other blackfellas who were entrepreneurial, uh, that they could run, run away with my idea. But, you know, like, I was pretty, pretty careful about it and, you know, I just, to be honest, I just trusted them and, and, and yeah, no one, no, one did the, no one did the wrong thing. I also knew that, you know, my idea—if um, you didn't have any travel experience—then my idea would be hard to replicate. So, uh, yeah, I was—I was cautious, but at the same time, I was like, okay, I don't. Yeah,
0: I think we're all good here. That's one of the things, right? Like some of those um, big entrepreneurs are just so confident in their own ability; they don't even worry about the competition. They're just like,
1: yeah. That's that was sort of that was my feeling. I was like, it, there's nothing going to to stop me here. When I got on, when I gathered momentum, there was there was that mindset. And I'm still still in that mindset, but obviously there be there can become competition. And you know, if other Indigenous owned travel agencies pop up, you know, I'll be I'll be proud of that. You know, I've, I've changed the sector, and you know, that's that's all good. Now I'm I feel like that's okay. Uh, but at the start, if another one popped up, I'd be I'd be um, a little bit nervous. But um, yeah, I, yeah, it's all good now. But yeah, look, there are a lot of good people around, and and just on that point, you know, blackfellas in business, I found, and I still find, you talk to anyone, any blackfellow in business, and they are nothing but supportive. So it's a different. It was easy for me to trust because I knew that they were. They wanted to help and they wanted to see me succeed. And
0: that's that's one thing that the Indigenous business community does well, support each other. That's awesome. And who were like some of the mentors that stood out? Were they just people you met in the travel industry and in the, the Aboriginal and on Islander community in Melbourne? It's, it's an,
1: this is an interesting uh, concept as well. Your mentors change over time and the, 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 the time frame that you're in um, and the challenges that you're facing become different you start to seek different mentors and mentors come in and out of your life um, um, over time and they come in at the right time and and so on. So in the early days, very early days, there's one guy I'd love to mention uh, who I who I called. This is one of the guys I called out of the blue and I said, hey, what do you think of my business idea? And this, um, his name is Bevan Mailman. People might know him listening to the podcast, Bevan Mailman. I, I ran this idea by him and he said... And I asked him a bunch of questions because I know he's got a legal background, and he said, "Well, why don't you just do it?" And that was one of the actual pieces of advice that that stuck with me today. That he just said to me, he just asked me one question that 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 when I hung up the phone, it made me go and do it. He just said, "Why don't you just go and do it?" And that was just like that was just an awesome one liner that just that just totally. Totally got me going. So there's there's Bevan, um, there's some other Indigenous business people around, like David Williams from Galimba. Um, there's I had an I had a mentor, an Indigenous mentor in the um, when I started my travel traineeship all the way back, you know, around ten years ago. Jody Sampson um, from also from Northern New South Wales. Uh, there's there's a lot of good people around. Um there's, there's some really good networks within the Indigenous Chambers of Commerce. I would go to those events. I would ring those people. They might not know that they were mentoring me, but, but um, they were. And I, I got some great advice from a lot of good people. My current mentors, there's a lot of good people around, Shane Kennelly from Kennelly Constructions. I do pass to a lot of my current clients. Um, you know, the people that founded those organisations have some great, great advice and, and tips. Um, I do pester a lot of travel industry professionals, not necessarily Indigenous people but people who, you know, who understand the travel market and the challenges. So there's a lot of great people around um, and, I, oh, yeah, I, I heavily recommend that you find as many good people as you can if you're opening a business or still in business um, because people, um, people have some great advice uh, great advice for people for other for others in business
0: so from memory, um put you on the spot here, but what are like you know one or, or two things of that great advice or tips that you received? like um old mate who's a lawyer that said you know just do it are there any other moments um, so that mentoring where they just gave you invaluable advice that really um, took things to the next level
1: do you know it, it really is just that one really that one piece is that 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 um, positive reinforcement that I should give this a go, why not? Um, there was a lot of that. There was a lot of that from a lot of people I spoke to. Um, there, you know, there's, there's a lot of detail advice. There is some detail advice like make sure you, you know, get a, a good accountant and make sure you do this and do that. There's a lot of, and it's probably too hard for me to remember all of those bits and pieces, but but I think it was just trust in yourself and take the plunge um, which which was the main piece of advice from everyone that that
0: I that I still remember. and now that your business has grown, do you find um, you're looking for have you kind of outgrown some mentors? are you' looking for bigger mentors now are you going to start pestering like Bill Gates and stuff or?
1: <laughs> Well I will start pastoring some uh, different mentors I definitely definitely believe that I, I should start doing that. Um, I've probably already started the process, um, but that, yeah, yeah, I guess as we've evolved and we're taking on new challenges, you've got to find those mentors or people that will have an understanding of those challenges. So, so for all the um, high-level business people out there, I'm I'm going to start pestering them. They might get calls out of the blue or bump into me at events and whatnot, but that's that's a, that's the process that i that i will take yeah just gotta
0: yeah it's, a lot of them will probably say no but there might be one or two that can say yes so
1: you'll find that a lot of people have something even if it's one sentence or one line they'll, they'll have something beneficial for you to 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 listen to
0: and it's nothing personal right if they say no i mean they're probably just busy nothing personal yeah i mean there'll be times where we all have to say no <laughs> so you started um, in travel group how did it like start off was it like a massive success to begin with or like what happened oh it was tough yeah it, it was
1: uh it was really tough <laughs> and look it's still you know we we they say that the first three years are the toughest and i definitely agree with that <clears throat> we there was myself and another person uh danny kolaski, she me and her ex-flight center people we were in a little room in my in a, in, a, in a previous house that I lived in, a tiny little room, no windows, and we were just plugging away trying to grow the business. And I was the main activity for me back then was trying to win clients. Um, so I was constantly on the phone telling people about this new business, telling companies about this new business. That you should consider us. Um, you know, we had. You know, we had no ex- we had no reputation in the market, so that was the hardest part. Was that people trying to convince people to use us that didn't know who we were, and then explaining to them, oh yeah, it's just myself and another person. Um, you know, it, trying to convince them to come across from a, a large, the security of using a large travel agency to to this new little small travel agency was um, was a challenge. Uh, yeah, it was definitely a challenge. It was a challenge for about a year um, and I was just hitting the pavement just trying to drum up business. Then more challenges come. As you start to win business, you, you then have a challenge of growth. So all of a sudden you're starting to – you need to have a, a, a mindset to then fix the growth problems that you have of winning too much business. So it, it sort of it, – it, it goes in phases, the different challenges in front of you. Um, like any growing business will, will see that yeah it, it will just
0: a, a new challenge will knock on your door as, uh, as a new phase begins. So you were just working from home uh, was it like just a little office like in your bedroom? And- oh it was a bedroom
1: converted into an office it was like half a bedroom converted into an office it was pretty pretty lonely in there I must admit it was dark <laughs> yeah I, I guess that's where you should start, you know, you you got to start with a humble background. We had no money, you know. We had I had I did get a, a loan. I actually went through IBA, so we got a business loan for capital startup. Um, and yeah, off we went. Uh, just and that was that was a key activity for the next six months is winning business. Another challenge that I that I think we we faced is that whilst you you know you're so aggressively chasing your target the winning business to to you know to, to earn cash flow to pay bills you, yeah you do take your eye off the other things that are going on in the business like processes and systems and
0: whatnot now that's awesome if you don't mind me asking i mean you don't have to disclose like any money amounts but um how much did you get off from of, uh of IBA? because obviously you know some people have challenges <laughs> with that at the moment so. yeah uh oh,
1: look <laughs> I, over the time i have had to uh seek further investment to to grow the business um um another challenge of mine was probably just not understanding the the true cost behind this business um i i won't disclose the amount but they gave me enough enough to get us to where we are today and we yeah we are proud to say that we you know we've been self-sustainable for for a very long time, but it was definitely enough to, to get us going. But, like, but in any new business, you do you do waste money, you do waste money on mistakes. Um, and we with if I didn't have that insulation, I,
0: I yeah I wouldn't be here today. Have you got any tips for people to try and secure funding from IBA? Yeah,
1: you you should really um, you need to talk about. The market and your potential customers, like any like any financial institution, they're just gonna they just need to see that there is um that there is the ability for this business, pay back that loan. So cash flow projections are really important, but really understanding your market um, and understanding your clients and articulating that back to IBA, it doesn't even it. Any financial institution, if you go to a bank, you still need to do the same thing. Banks are probably more, they will scrutinise you a lot more. IBA a little bit more understanding because that's their, you know, that's their responsibility to grow Indigenous business. But like any any business case, you really need to prove that you are going to go and win X, Y, Z worth of
0: income and you know how to go and get it. Definitely. So was it just one massive contract you won at, after a year of work, were you just getting hits of little runs on the board and then just scored a massive contract that really set things off? Like, how did that growth spurt, Guy?
1: Yeah, so, you know, after the many phone calls and many meetings, I was getting on planes and flying across the country. I was, which is a funny story, I, and I hope, hope we got time, but I, in the early days we had no money, so I would always fly the cheapest, cheapest airfares at the cheapest times of the day, so I was getting up at like three in the morning to get on the cheapest airfare and I was getting in the smallest car hire. So I was getting like in tiny little <laughs> cars and I was staying in the worst hotels possible. That was in the early days, just to go and get and cram like four or five meetings in into a day. And then I then I would win I'd have some success on the road. I would win, you know, one or two of those accounts. So these these businesses were Let's say, because well, our currently in travel group, the smaller operation, we we have an average account size of about 150 grand a year in travel. So these companies are spending about yeah, let's say fifteen thousand dollars a month. So we in the early days we won let's say five of those in the first say I don't know three three to four to five months. Um, five of those average sized accounts. Um, I must say that those accounts they're, they're still with us today. Um, they were um, a massive help, and their trust in in us and me was was um, why we're here today. And I you know I, I can't thank them enough. They and they're Indigenous businesses and Indigenous people too. So there's that's another really good example of Blackfellas helping each other out. But you know we we wouldn't you know we wouldn't still have retained them unless we gave them great service. So you know that is the that, that's the the part you owe them is great service. So, but yeah, they, they took a leap, in, leap of faith in me. Um, but, yeah, there was only a handful of them at the start. Um, now we have over 60 companies, around about the same average account size. So 60 of those companies using us today. Um, 90% of those are Indigenous organisations. So you turn over millions now? From... Yeah. Well, that, that doesn't result <laughs> to the numbers of... Uh, what, you, what you're what you thinking with profit though, <laughs> low margins in travel. Yeah. <laughs> not millions in profits <laughs> no. just yet.
0: But. No, we're still, still tough slog. we are still, you know, still got a lot of work out of us. We've got a lot of bills to pay. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Uh, um, I think you mentioned too, you know, the Indigenous business is helping you out because you're an Indigenous business, but you still had to deliver, you know, great service and, and be just as competitive um, to the competition. Like you can't just fly the flag around and, and then not do the work and expect to be a billionaire
1: there oh exactly you're actually scrutinized more i think um particularly in our position we were a small business with with a couple of people you know that we were we were being scrutinized heavily um and benchmarked heavily and uh yeah we had a we had our work cut out for us particularly um as an indigenous business you know they yeah there's also yeah, the spotlight is a bit is a bit brighter. I think. How so? Uh, I just think that you know, I don't. There's some mentalities out there, particularly if you spoke to a non-indigenous business about you know using you know providing services. Uh, the the spotlight was a bit brighter. Um, you know, they, they would maybe think that you might fail a little bit quicker, or or you wouldn't succeed. There was a little bit more. Um, yeah, there's a little bit more scrutiny. I think. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one, but you, you don't know what's really going on in someone's mind, but I know that questions I was asked were, um, you know, were, were pretty, uh,
0: well, people were analysing us a lot more carefully than they would other businesses. Can you um, remember, like, one or two of those scrutinising questions? I mean, you don't have to mention the people. Oh, just probably in and around, you know, typical questions
1: would be just, you know, it's psych- like... You know how are you going to survive the next xyz period and you know like what um yeah, just really questions around sort of trying to find out if you're actually going to make it um you know do you have the you know do you have the tenacity to make it through and so on um yeah and look it's probably not just because it's an indigenous owned business but mainly because we're, probably because we're a smaller business as well and we're a startup or a new business that back in the day so I don't really know, but but I know that um, there are a lot of Indigenous businesses popping up now, Indigenous-owned businesses. Um, they'll be going through the same questions.
0: Awesome. So you've been um, growing. You turned over millions and millions of dollars now. What have been um, some of the challenges of growing the business compared to just trying to get the clients? Yeah, like as I was
1: saying before, like phase by phase, you'll be met with different challenges. Um, you yeah you'll have different different challenges as you as you grow like you might hire you might realize you in that you need um super experienced staff um who to run your business for you as you sort of start to do other activities um you know but with that with a super experienced staff member comes different set of expectations so you know you've then faced with new challenges there with managing that their expectations and yours and and whatnot and um you know with winning more business comes more pressure on your processes and your systems um you know you are met with a bunch of new challenges there and um you know winning a larger account um suddenly you've got uh greater expectations on Flow management and so on. So, yeah, it's a it's an evolving
0: roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> so personally, for you, like you know, growing, you bring bring it on staff, you know, highly capable um, people. Do they have high expectations of you? Have you seen yourself having to you know step up and, and be a better leader? Oh,
1: definitely. You know, hiring more um, and and our current team at the moment is a is a super experienced, great bunch of people. Um, been in the travel industry for years, my guys, and they're, they're just awesome. Um, um, I've also realised that, you know, I need to – they look to me for leadership and they look to me for the vision and the future. Um, and I sort of only really climbed onto that over the last kind of maybe year, to be honest, and realised I need to step up and change the way I act and behave and, and just um, – be that leader that they're looking looking for and that that will be the same for any future staff that we have um you know particularly indigenous staff you know young trainees that we that we um that we hire and give opportunities to i need to be that cultural leader um role model um and i and i've really probably really started to click in the last year that i i I just need to be need to be more
0: that's cool. Are you able to give any tips to like people out there who are in the same stage as you? Any any books or recommendations, courses?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that reading is important. Um, I think reading a lot of different business books is is crucial. Look, at this. I believe that books will jump off the, the shelf at you for particular reasons. So if you are if you have a service industry business like mine that's, you know, it's um, customer service orientated, you, maybe you'll benefit from enhancing your customer service skills. So you, you'd seek those types of books. Um, you know, I in the early days and, and still today, you know, we the success of our business lies in our processes and our systems. So, you know, I might find a book that's systems and process orientated. Um, or I um, or might find a book that is around man management and, and, and being a, a better leader and so on. So I, I find that I will just find a book that I need at that time.
0: Really, like what you're doing, like every business should be doing that, right? It's, uh, around customer service um, centric, because at the end of the day, if, you, if you're not serving the customer, kind of like you know, what's the point?
1: Exactly. <laughs> we, if you don't have customers, you don't have a business. Uh, so yeah, look, it's. I think that in any industry, customer service is crucial. I think some companies do it really well, some don't. We've got a great. Um, model where we're a smaller business, in travel group, where, you know, it is just naturally people I hire are naturally good at relationships. So that's part of our
0: customer service. So just to put you on the spot, um, doesn't matter if you can't remember, but can you remember like one or two books around customer service that would be beneficial to people to read? There is one
1: book I wanted to, I wanted to talk about today. It's sort of similar to customer service, but more <clears throat> around um, just business in general. And this it, it, customer service ties into this, but I'm reading a book at the moment called Matter. Now it's so how can you as a business matter more to your your clients? So this book has really tested my um, I guess my um, my current knowledge of business and it's it's helping me get outside the box a little bit, which will enhance our customer service. But it'll also make us a company that matters more to our clients. Um, and i heavily recommend anyone who's in business. It's probably more like a, a business you should, uh, a book you should read if you're a couple of years in into your business. But um, it's been absolute, um, it's been an absolute cracker for me. This book.
0: Are you able to give one example from the book where you've taken away and you're trying to implement it now and in Travel Group?
1: Yeah. Uh, so just doing things differently that the market that the, your, your competitors aren't doing. So doing things that, uh, that make, that add value to your business. So if you are uh, um, doing your, just the standard day to day, what the, what everyone else in the industry does, you know, that's, that's great. And you've got great relationships. That's great. But that's, that's, that's playing within the boundaries. If you can find something that makes you different to your competitors, that adds value to your business and keeps your clients coming back, then then you will be you, you will have a client for life and your business will just be so much more valuable and interesting in the market and it sets you aside from the competitors. You can do that at any any size. You can be a small company like ours and you can be a big company. But if you do something different than your competitors, that adds value, then that's that's a good thing for your company. So that's what this book's doing for me. I can't give you any examples. I've got some awesome ideas which I want to try and launch this year, but um, but I think we sort of do that anyway, you know, with our, with the formation of our new company, Inspire Travel Management. Um, <clears throat> we're adding value by um, helping our clients contribute to social impact goals around Indigenous um about, around contributing to Indigenous Australia through employment initiatives and so on. So we do that anyway, and we do that in, in travel group, but uh, I didn't realise I was doing some of this stuff naturally, but I really want to try and, um, with the guidance of this book, I want to take things to the next level this year.
0: Yeah, and um, you touched on that Um the new business inspired travel management. How did it come about? Obviously this is a massive you know growth um, opportunity for you guys.
1: Yeah, so in Travel group plays down in the SME space, small to medium sized enterprises and and <clears throat> we, we can't really necessarily grow it'd be too risky for us to try and go up to the top end of the town where the large large corporates play. Um, we would need a, a lot of technology, infrastructure, cash flow, et cetera. So it's probably not something that InTravel Group wants to do um, nor can do.
0: Ah, so IBA won't give you a a bit of money to do.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, they probably would, but uh, I just think we would. um, It's too risky. And then let's say I, you know, the business didn't succeed, and suddenly I've got a, you know, a massive bill (laughs) that I've got to pay off and. The rest of my life and, and be unhappy <clears throat> so the, the smart way to do it is to partner with an already existing travel company playing in that space who, who have a lot of money um te- the technology we need a lot of um great brains around and um and and her have a lot, a lot of runs on the board already so we're partnering with hello world owned business qbt um inspire is a 60 percent indigenous owned um travel management company so they own the other 40 percent essentially what i've done is is um gained access to um yeah all of the things that that we require to go and manage travel for the larger end of town companies that are spending millions and millions of dollars a year in travel so so we um it's officially all over the line now and um and you can imagine the scale of the of inspire travel management you can imagine the employment opportunities that we will that we'll have there um, will be not just travel consulting roles, but we can get my into marketing roles, IT, you know, C-suite management will need CEOs, CFOs, finance, accounting, HR. We're going we're gonna to need a lot of, um, you know, um, skill sets in that business and, and that's what I'm most excited about and in, 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 by creating travel professions not just jobs, but travel
0: professions. You know, this is this is the first of its kind in the country and I'm proud to be behind it. Yeah, it's awesome. If Again, you don't have to dive into it, but um, so how does the partnership work? Like um, how did it come out to be 60-40 and, you know, what does that mean for both sides and obviously employment and community outcomes? So, yeah, so it's
1: a joint venture. So two companies come together in Travel Group and QBT and we create a separate entity to our businesses that, that entity is 60% owned by, by myself and in Travel Group, and then 40% them. We come to that number based on what we think is fair and reasonable and what, what um, yeah, and whatever sort of parameters um, take part in your, in, your, in your negotiations. So 60% Indigenous owned is um, something we're pushing for. Um, you know, the typical 51 49, that's, that's pretty cute out there in the market. Um, we wanted to have a real majority Indigenous, so I'm not saying that a fifty-one forty-nine isn't real, but we wanted more, to be honest. So I wanted more, and and, and I wanted to get away from the kid, um number there and 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 go into something a bit more, um, I don't know, just a bit more, yeah, a bit more meaningful for for our side of the fence. And that the last year and a half of, it was just being purely negotiating. Um, and getting, getting the best outcomes for our side of the fence, which are outcomes for, for community as well. So we Inspire Travel manager will have offices around the, the whole country, but we'll have employment initiatives around the whole country. So this is a, yeah, this,
0: this is a great outcome for Indigenous communities around, around the country. Awesome. So, um, again, you don't have to answer this, but so 60% of profits go to you because I agree with the 51%. Like, it's cute, but you don't know, you know, where that money's going. Like, you know, Indigenous business might own 51%, but 80% of the profits are gone to the non-Indigenous business.
1: Look, and, there, and this is – this, and there will be a lot of people that have done JVs. Um, you do – like the reality is that in travels so the things that we don't have okay we have to pay for those things yeah so we have to pay for capital we have to pay for the technology we have to pay for these things and it's important in the negotiations that the that the profit outcomes reflect the things that you don't have and the things that you're 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 giving up so At the end of end of the day, the wash up. You just need to have a fair and reasonable outcome from profit and your return. So, what we're giving to to the joint venture, um, the QBT are receiving that they don't have is 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 a is is the cultural aspect and also and the vision. I'm giving QBT the vision um, and they're giving them the ability to tick some boxes in the indigenous. to contribute to Indigenous Australia that, where, the, where they haven't really been able to do that in the past. So I've solved a problem for them, so that should come in a fee. Um, they're giving us all of this technology and infrastructure and support, so that should also come in a fee. So whatever your, whatever your outcome is, you just need to, need to make sure it's fair and reasonable and you're happy with your, your return. And I, I, and I have, you know, over the last year and a half, I've, I've said no a lot. And I've said no to the current the deals that were put on the table um, because I'd simply wanted a better outcome for myself and in travel group and, and blackfellas around the country. So um, it's okay to say no. If you feel like there's a, a, a shit deal in front of you, just say no and walk away because it's not, it's not worth getting into um, unless, unless there's, there are positive outcomes. Yeah, the, the profit share is it, it can be slightly altered, but that depends on what you're actually
0: what you're giving up, what they're giving up as well. So it's pretty you know fair and split deal at the end of it, um, which is really cool. And this is obviously a big deal for you guys. Um, what's the, are you able to disclose the market opportunity? Is it in the obviously you're doing turned over millions of dollars at the moment in revenue? Um, is this business got the potential to do billions in revenue? So to give you a
1: give you some a point of view from the large market um travel sector let's say one there's a a mining company in the west so that mining company might spend 50 million dollars a year in travel right so that mining company has indigenous initiatives um then that's an opportunity for inspired travel management and the the margins are incredibly low at travel and particularly that size but imagine if we have a, a few of those wins around the country imagine if we win. You know, a big financial institution over here on the East Coast. If, let's say that was a fifty million dollar account. <laughs> so not so, yeah. So that that's a that's a bit of an example of the success, potential success. Uh, federal government is also an opportunity. We will, we will more than likely have a an opportunity with federal government, not the whole travel account, but you know, a portion of. So that um, you can imagine the travel going on in Fed Gulf, um, state gov. Uh, there's, there's a lot of opportunities around town and we're targeting the large end of town remember so this is um, you know high-end, high-end multi-million dollar travel accounts um, which which most again the most exciting thing about that is that we're going to need people to run this business so we we can have um, we can have like we can have true travel professional career paths for, for black dollars around the country and that's 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 the most exciting part about it.
0: Yeah, because they don't exist at the moment, unfortunately.
1: Right. No. no, no travel company does does this, you know, and, and now we're about to do this, you know, and this is exciting. We're shaking up the travel industry and we're doing something that's never been done before and I think it, the travel industry needs
0: it. Yeah, somebody's got to do it. I'm surprised Um, your old workplace flight centre don't do it because they're the biggest at the moment, aren't they, in that sort of area?
1: They are the biggest um, in the country. They... Yeah, they, I think that a lot of non-Indigenous companies and non-Indigenous people would like to do something in the Indigenous space, but they just don't know how. And Essentially what I've done is, is, is taken a business idea to QBT, Hello World, and I've said, look, this is a good idea, what do you think, and um, they liked it. That's really cool.
0: How old is Travel Group now? Six,
1: five? Three and a half years. So, inspired, um, inspired So, I will be. I'm the managing director of Inspire, and I'm the and the I guess the founder and executive director of In Travel. I'm splitting splitting my time between both businesses, and somehow cramming in another <laughs> bunch of hours into my already busy week, and um, working my bum off for the next whatever. And um, that is the <laughs> that is my immediate future. Uh, is definitely just working hard to achieve our goals and um and you know and, and potentially as as we grow diversifying into other travel services and products that um that are relevant to the market and that are that are interesting to the market as well so yeah look it it was sort of you know i guess you know casting back to a previous conversation where i i, I did lack the confidence in um in running a business or taking the plunge and and now that's sort of all behind me i you know, I'm seeing the opportunities a lot clearer, and I'm just and I'm just uh, a lot more confident in in, in our growth.
0: Awesome. And um, for you personally, obviously, um, you know, things taken off, getting multi-million dollar contracts, uh, being in a position to give back to the community. What are some of the the drivers and motivations um, that keep you going when you're working really hard? Oh, I d- I definitely
1: you know I definitely want to give back to Indigenous Australia. I, I forever have. N- not been able to find the the right way to do that. Um I'm thirty-eight now and I've grown up, you know, in you know, with family and friends around me that have um had challenging um lives and, you know, that's sad and, and I don't and I've never known known how to help them. Um but, you know, I might not be able to help them today, but I will hopefully be able to, you know, with these travel profession career paths be able to help other people and their families, and and I felt, yeah, finally found a a way to do that, um, which is you know which drives me every day, gets me up every day, and motivates me every day. And also want my family, and particularly my son, who's seven. I want him to grow up and be proud of my achievements. And um, you know these things get me out of bed every day, and uh, these things help me do the long hours. Um, you know, definitely, and I also don't want to fail. So failure yeah. you don't like failing? I'd, yeah, I'd, I can't, can't imagine what it would be like to actually, for all of this to fall over. So I'm, I'm motivated by that. Maybe that's fear. <laughs> How am I going to repay all the, all my loans and <laughs> everything else? Um,
0: just the normal, normal emotions that everyone else has. <laughs> <laughs> and do you see um, business as potentially the great equalizer in helping you know close the gaps through economic development, entrepreneurship? A hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. You know, we're, I'm a hundred times
1: more likely to hire blackfellas than a non-indigenous company is. You know, that's the true facts in the, out there, and um, it's it's very true. Like, it actually, we do. I do make a conscious effort, and this is in my in my long term vision to do that. So but, but I, I made a comment before, these are travel professions. I don't, I don't want to give just jobs. I think jobs are not, you know, jobs are great but, you know, they bring money home and pay the rent. But I think a, tra- a career path that you like and enjoy will give you confidence and it will give you fulfilment in your life and passion and I think you can take more home to your family. When you're passionate about what you're doing and you're enjoying what you're doing, so I feel like that that if we get as many blackfellas as possible passionate about their career paths, then I feel like that that's contributing to the country.
0: So not just a, another mining job or government job for them in traineeship. That's right. That's right. For, obviously, for for people that want to
1: be that want jobs that are that are like. That are, oh, it's hard to explain. But maybe travel the world. They, they want a straightforward job where they can just come and go. That that's if that suits that person, that's great. But I, I just feel like there's there's a there's a missing piece, and that's in and around long term sustainable career paths for those that want career paths that are slightly different. It's not for everyone. Um, uh, yeah, it's a, everyone's different. But I, I feel like there's a gap.
0: In, in, in a lot of industries massively and you see that a lot i mean you always see the government promoting you know traineeship jobs in the administration you know thousands of these jobs every yeah. year but you know who wants to just be an administrator yeah.
1: yeah exactly like and you know again that's not if that's what someone wants to do that's great but i feel like we need to do more i think there's other opportunities out there and i think that the rise and success of Indigenous business will naturally do that. You'll have you, there's so many great Black businesses around. You know, there's some amazing companies in some really interesting industries and sectors. And if they grow, they then provide career opportunities to other Blackfellas. Then, then suddenly, then we've just got more opportunities. And then, then my son will grow up and he'll go and he'll he'll look at me as the the leader of these travel companies. And suddenly, he knows that he can. Go and work in this industry as well. So that's just, just an example.
0: And there's plenty more great examples around the country. So true. And hopefully we can interview them too. So, as a last statement, um, is there anything you'd like to add that maybe I didn't answer or give you a question to? Uh, I'm not sure.
1: Um, yeah, it's been a good yarn. I think that um, it's been pretty comprehensive. I <clears throat> maybe the lastly, if anyone is out there thinking about starting a business. And, and you want to know why you should or you want to have the confidence as to why you should then think about those social impact things that we've just mentioned in the last five minutes you know there's there's, there's really good contribution that you can do your community um, but also the country um, if you can contribute back by providing career opportunities then that, that could be your why as to why you should take that leap of faith
0: That concludes today's episode of Indigipreneur. If you'd like to know more about Dwayne's company, you can visit their website at www.intravelgroup.com.au or connect with them on social media. If you like this episode, please share with friends or connect on social media at Indigipreneur where you can find more episodes like this. Are you a young Indigipreneur? If yes, come along to our First Nations Youth Summit, which will be hosted in Brisbane on the 28th to 29th of June. It's an opportunity to connect with other First Nations youth, create new professional networks, and learn new skills you can take back to your community. For more information, please go to the website at firstnationsyouthsummit.com. This episode was brought to you by Vazudara Foundation. The Vazudara Foundation supports social entrepreneurs to build creative and innovative projects that deliver positive social impact. In addition to their philanthropic work, they manage private investment portfolio, which generates the resources to fund these social projects they love to work on. Feel free to get in contact with them at contact at vasudara.org or visit their website www.vazudara.org. Today's episode has been hosted by myself, Dean Foley, and produced by Damien Ransley.